It's the Morgan Evans More or Less Pickleball Podcast coming at you in three, two, one, boom. My guest today is a legend within the game not only as a player, but as one of the hardest working organisers out there. She's an accomplished coach, working all around the country and beyond. Just generally, she's an all-round lovely lady. Please welcome none other than Dee Davison. Hello, Morgan. How are you doing, Dee? I'm great. Excellent. Well, it's tough to find anyone on the planet that's doing great right now, but we're all uh, getting along, I guess. Yeah, we're doing great, I guess, in our circumstances that we have in front of us today. You know, it's a choice whether you wake up in the morning and want to feel awful or you wake up and go, what am I thankful for? Mm. Ah, That's a good attitude. The people that will come out of this well are the ones that, you know, figure out how to make lemonade out of these lemons. That's true. Very true. So in that sense, what are you what are you kind of doing with your time these days? Well, I'm still involved in pickleball, whether we're talking about pickleball on a podcast today or just kind of really helping the beginner to maybe three, five player that for the first time in their life, they've had to live a day without playing pickleball. How do they navigate off court and prepare for the day they get to become back on the court and can they be a better player when they do come on court Mm. so you know helping some players navigate that because right now everybody kind of walks around shell-shocked just kind of like i still have hope i'm fortunate enough to live in an adult active retirement community so people have a positive outlook because they've survived many things over life but to be locked out of a lifestyle that that they come to enjoy every day and how do they navigate that yeah yeah maybe you could start a uh you know a well spaced out sort of support group we did actually oh great so we got a 15 minute notice 9:45 monday morning one week ago that we our courts would be shut down in 15 minutes and so i stepped off the court i played a lot of pickleball So I stepped off the court so somebody could enjoy 15 minutes left of pickleball. And I just kind of walked around our court complex. And I've mentored lots of players as they navigate through tournaments. And you see the ups and the downs and the emotional stresses in a tournament. But to watch people that day on an emotional roller coaster that was in rapid fire motion was heartbreaking. And so we were walking off the court and just a group of um, two, five to three old players just started asking questions, just anything about pickleball. And so I thought, you know, we can still keep this conversation going. So we called at 9 a.m., bring your cup of coffee, bring your lawn chair. We're going to sit in the parking lot in a like a campfire circle, but it have to six to 10 feet spacing. So they could still talk about pickleball and talk about what was happening and how do they move out of that Mm. so we've had our third 9 a.m coffee pickleball parking lot chat in a week that's great 
and we've grown from six people to 12 people. So they're learning together. Oh, that's fantastic. That's uh, that's inspiring. Maybe we'll try and get that going out here. Or you could come and uh, show us the ropes. Yeah. Am I allowed in California, though? You know, I don't know if the border's closed. Oh. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Will I be able to get fuel? Mm. Will I be able to get food along the way? Well, yeah, gas is actually much cheaper than it was. We were getting up around the four thirty, four fifty sort of mark, and now uh, I think the most expensive is around three nineteen, three twenty. So yeah, it's getting yeah. cheaper, but that's knocking into my other livelihood. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So there's, you know, that's shell-shocked. I lived my whole life in an up-and-down roller coaster in economics because I grew up in western Kansas. So you either had farming or an oil industry. And most oil industry in Kansas is small business-owned. It's not majors. Oh, really? So there's a lot, a lot of people barely scraping by and trying to keep keep that industry alive. Or barely on a heartbeat. That's a whole nother subject. <laughs> but I'm sure 99% of the population is enjoying cheaper fuel. Yeah, I, I feel like when I look at it, I just want to get in my car and drive as far as I can go. Try to find someone playing pickleball and then I don't know what I would do. But it's hard to run away, hard to run away from this one. Um, the best week. It is. You know, there's still, there are a few public pickleball courts available in the valley. I have been near some of them. And sometimes it's just really to to watch how people um, move and navigate um, through the crisis as they're trying to get their fix. They're definitely practicing social distancing. The courts are not packed. You would think that there would be people waiting to get on them. They are not. And over the course of the last two and a half weeks in the valley is more and more courts have been shut down. People are really just kind of, if they do play, it's in a controlled pocket. You see a lot of Clorox wipes out. You see the paddles being wiped down after every match. It's a different norm. And it'll be interesting if it continues. I wonder how long it'll take before the idea of going out to play under these strict guidelines is sort of socially acceptable. Everybody's kind of divided at the moment in terms of if you just shouldn't even try or if you should be getting that kind of exercise that helps us so much, um, but in a very controlled sense. Where do you kind of stand on that? You know, I'm kind of in between. Um, I have a compromised immune system. I was diagnosed with celiac in 2006. And so I have to be um, a little aware of what's going on. I think if you do live or if you have lived with a compromised immune system, you have been aware of um, how your body feels and reacts. So when it's starting to get run down, you like shut it down, um, take a rest. Maybe you're doing that a little bit um, sooner rather than later. A little bit conscious of um, friends in the surrounding. You can still. Um, like in our neighborhood, we pop open the garage doors, sit outside and maybe talk to the neighbors at the edge of the driveway, but at least they'll have some social interaction. Yeah, That's kind of nice. As far as being a little selective of who you might be playing pickleball with, are they practicing some sort of distancing or are they just haphazardly just going, I don't care who I'm around and it's like, like I don't want to be around that type of person particularly, I may like that person, 
But in these circumstances, I might, I need to be a little careful. I've got an elderly neighbor in her 80s that I do shopping for. So I need to be a little cautious too, as I go over and and help her do some things or pick up items for her. I need to be aware of who I'm around, how they're doing. I need to make sure some controlled environment. Been lucky to get out and do some hiking in the White Tank Mountains on paths that are not crowded. So that's been nice to get some exercise. Having to be a little more cautious. I think if you are a hugger, this is really hard right now. If you're an extrovert, this is really hard right now because you go to finish a conversation with a hug and it's like, you can't. So it's like the conversation is kind of like, um, or the the greeting is kind of like unended. Yeah, that's right. Before I, um, before I moved to America, I was living in Italy, um, in the South in, in Sardinia. And uh, the first, three or four months at least when I moved here, I was still kind of programmed to have a lot of uh, kisses for, you know, just standard greetings, guys and girls. It was just the norm right. that I had learned to to live with um, over in Italy. It took a long time to get used to it, but then it took even longer. Well, actually, it took a few months to uh, to go back to the normal kind of greetings that you find in most of Western culture. But I, I I wonder now, you know, if you look at what's um, what the stats are like in Italy, that how much of that has played a huge role in uh, in how hard they've been hit by it. Just everyone is so touchy feely that it's you know it'd be impossible to have it contained as early as it needed to be contained. Right, just learning about different cultures and how we react. It's been noted, I guess, in in my conversational circles, that America is very social. We're an extremely social society. Even back in the SARS day when people would uh, Clorox and sanitize, how fast we dropped that once they found, I don't know if they found a cure for SARS or we were just allowed to all of a sudden go back to normal living, how we dropped, how we washed our hands and we sanitized. And it's like, I don't want to walk around every day with Clorox wipes, but having some in the vehicle and using them as needed, maybe just becoming a little bit more conscious. We you know we handshake. A, a business deal is determined sometimes where I grew up by a handshake and the power of a handshake, the meaning of a handshake. Do we drop that now? That's just kind of weird. It is. I mean, how even the whole touching elbows things. Yeah. Uh, people are on the fence on that. Now it looks like just a distant sort of wave. Yeah. Um, and I wonder what, you know, the long-term effects of this kind of new social norm, cabin fever, if when that starts to infect an entire country, let alone world, geez, it's going to have some serious implications. It will, you know, because it's our mental psyche. I, um, you know, was pondering early on, why do, why do I feel, and I don't want to say good, but okay staying at home, which is weird. Anybody knows me is like, D's at home. Like my neighbors are like, wow, you're at home. We can have a conversation with you because I'm always on the go. But for the first 43 years of my life, I lived in rural America. We were 60 miles from a Walmart or 180 from a mall. So we, our small town of 1,100 people relied on each other. I guess you can jokingly say in Western Kansas, 
for 43 years, I practiced self-isolation. <laughs> um, in the winter months, you know, at four o'clock when it's dark, and you're like, well, I'll just go home and I guess I'll do crafts. Hibernate, per se. Did a lot of canning and things like that. But at least here, I wake up and I have the sunshine. You know, I know the electricity is going to be on. I know the pipes aren't going to freeze, so I'm going to have water. Yeah, it's just a little different. It's definitely being thankful. I think today mm, people are yeah. maybe a lot more thankful for the, the little simple things in life. There's that. And I think when we do return to, uh, uh, let's, so let's start with an if, and when we do return to um, a level of normality, that we're used to, we're then going to look at all the kinds of things that we took for granted that we didn't realize uh, just how how much we were taking them for granted until they were taken away, all the little liberties that uh, we were enjoying three weeks ago that suddenly uh, stripped away. Yeah, not just stripped away from one part of the country, but the whole country. That's a little shell-shocked in itself to, to imagine I know right now people are a little apprehensive about talking about the future and how we come out of this, but I think it's important to look forward and say, when we do come out, I hope we come out nicer to each other, less angry as a society, more thankful. Myself, I hope I can enjoy a slower pace of life, not slow slower enjoy my cup of coffee in the morning before i race to the pickleball courts because i know the pickleball courts will be there and there'll be people there you know we have 850 members on 24 courts somebody will be there (laughs) am i going to be okay playing with you know whoever's there or i'm gonna be searching for that high level game yeah maybe it's going to be an entire planet of people that are going to take a little time to smell the roses yeah, and that's not all terrible. Yeah, no, and perhaps, you know, leave the rat race alone for a little while and yeah. not be in such a rush to get back to... Um, the crazy life. The crazy life, exactly. And you look at the, the cities in America, especially, that have been hit hardest by these this thing. It's, it's the crazy cities, New York. They overpopulated. I can remember the very first time I did a lot of my early pickleball up in the Northwest in Seattle. I flew into Seattle and traveled around and then drove down to Portland, not knowing that their norm is you sit in traffic a lot on four lanes, a lot. I was like, you couldn't pay me enough millions in the world to to move to an overpopulated city. But again, I came from a very rural city where mindless driving was 70 mile an hour, you know, on a two lane highway. There's like hardly anybody on the road. Yeah. <laughs> and so to be sitting in traffic, wasting time, I was like, yeah, not, that's not for me. Yeah. That's, uh, could you, if you don't mind, could you come up with a vaccine relatively soon? Do you think you could do that? I come up with what? A vaccine? Uh, yes. That'd be great. If you could somehow, uh, oh, I'll work on it. Yeah. Morgan. I mean, before lunch would be great if possible. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe I can work on a mental exercise (laughs) so we would come out of it, you know, mentally writing. That'd be good. We're going to 
going to take a quick break there for a little quick tip from our sponsor at Coach Me Pickleball. Practice makes perfect, right? My name is Morgan Evans, and I have to tell you that practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes progress. That's why we've created Coach Me Pickleball. At Coach Me Pickleball, you'll find an extensive and growing library of lessons on topics covering every aspect of pickleball for every level of player. For one small monthly fee, you'll get access to every video in our library with new content added every month. Check out coachmepickleball.com to sign up for a free seven-day membership. Ah, that's good stuff there. Okay, let's get back to the interview with Dee. I am curious, what do you think is going to be the sort of long-term effect on, uh, well, I guess sport in general, but localized to to pickleball do you feel like it's going to set us back a notch or do you do you think that people are just going to find more inventive ways to improve their game um you know that's an interesting question and i think the sport really exploded in the adult active communities which before the crisis there was a report like retirees were happening at the rate of like 10,000 retirees a day or projected over a 10 year period so I feel it can continue to grow in, in that population. I often wonder, as it was growing in the population of 20 to 50-year-olds, will they have the disposable income to continue to go to tournaments and, and follow their passion of pickleball, or will the realities of life require them to be home more and take care of just the balance of life. So I think tournaments will continue to, my hope is that tournaments will continue to grow at the rate they were growing, which was phenomenal. There may be a slowdown period in that, but who knows? People will do what they love to do and find a way to do it. There may be more families out on the public courts actually playing which is so cool to see. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're absolutely right. The, um, the sport will find a way. Players at every level are, are, are just going to be um, more inventive with how they, how they get their practice and when the, the sport you know, returns yeah. to, um, to an active, you know, <laughs> actual sport that people can go and play as opposed to just talk about on the Pickleball Forum. Yeah, will it be more recreational play enjoyed or will the tournament play um, still be healthy and viable? And I believe it will because, again, I I have the privilege to be around people 15 to 25 years older than me. And when they discover pickleball, there's there's this this kid that comes out in them because it's the competitive spirit that they once had that comes alive or they never had and they have to navigate it, just kind of figure it out. So it, it will be interesting. It really will. Yeah, I always love meeting a new family of players. Often there has been at least one competitor, someone who's played tennis, maybe badminton or ping pong or something like that. And they immediately take this kind of papa bear role of, of uh, <laughs> yeah. trying to teach the... Protector. Yeah, protector of everybody. 
the way their competitive nature comes out in you know tournament play often makes the rest of the family I want to say cringe, but there's certainly certainly some eye rolling going on for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, when you do have a competitive side, I've been told that like when I go into competitive mode, my face changes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, is it good or bad? They're like, well, we just know that you just went in competitive mode, <laughs> and and I'm like, okay, well, I'd like to know if it's a friendly look or not so friendly look, or how did I get there? You know, that's another thing. Can I can I command myself to get to there and then pull myself back out when I need to? I don't know. I think that's tough. I think it's in the same way that you know they say a smile is contagious, right? And that at certain certain triggers, you just don't have a choice. You you know you can uh, you can control a frown, but you can't necessarily control a smile. Um, and I think when someone's competitive juices get going, the kind of facial expressions are that's just you're on autopilot. It is what it is, and you hope no one's taking photos. Yeah, exactly. I know I don't look good out there when I uh, hit a particular shot. My jaw seems to come out. It's weird. I I hate it. (laughs) But if it was a successful shot, you you (laughs) can like rejoice in that privately (laughs) or publicly. I suppose. So I know (laughs) when, when I'm coaching or mentoring, especially younger players that are fascinated by the sport, or they go to a high-level tournament. Let's use um, the USA Nationals and Indian Wells, and they're just mesmerized by the play or the players, or they finally put a name with a face, and they're watching that player. And they so want to go up and say, hi, and um, you've inspired me. And it's like there's a time and a place for that. When they're in their competition mode, you kind of need to leave them there. Go up to them. It's hard to go up to them after they've lost. That's not time to go either. Yeah. But as a competitive player and a coach, you have to find a unique balance. It's fun to navigate it. Maybe not so much yourself when you want to be competitive and you've been disappointed and you're trying to navigate that disappointment at the same time you're trying to put that smile on your face and remove the frown. Yeah, I feel like one of the things I come back to as I'm... uh... Uh, as I've been playing for, well, it's been five or six years now, um, and you know, podium finishes become less and less. The thing I keep coming back to, and the only sort of solace I find, is I'm the only one that gets to define what success is for me. Absolutely. And if I can leave a tournament, either developing new partnerships that are going to work well in the future, or I've just had a great time getting good memories with old or new friends, I can come away and think that's a win. Uh, or if I've helped with coaching, uh, done some commentary, anything and everything that is either you know fulfilling for me or useful for the game, that's had to be the kind of mindset I go into with the tournament. And maybe I will be able to get to the end and, and take gold. Maybe I won't. There's a lot of factors that I can't control, but I can control my attitude towards the whole thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to hold it there for just a moment for a little game show. This time, a classic battle of the sexes. to our battle of the sexes we've got one person from each sex here today we've got jamie from green bay wisconsin and matt from tampa florida 
Jamie, you're going to be contestant number one, and we're going to see how well you know the other gender. How are you today? What's new in your world? Tell us about yourself. Hi, uh, Morgan. It's good to be here. Thanks for having both of us on. Uh, I'm from Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's uh, pretty cold and cloudy out today, so we're definitely not playing pickleball here. Um, but I am representing the Packerland Pickleball Players Group. Oh, They're going to be very excited to know that I'm on. <laughs> I've been playing pickleball for about four years. Uh, I played my first pickleball game in uh, Arizona and instantly became hooked on it. And coming from a tennis background, it was a pretty easy transition. And then I played my first tournament this year at the Middle States Regional in Minnesota, or last summer. And then I played at the Southwest Regional in Arizona this January and have a couple more tournaments, uh, hopefully coming up this summer and then hopefully going to nationals this fall. So I'm excited. Oh, that does sound exciting. Jeez. <laughs> Good, you're basically professional. What kind of level are you? I play around 3.5 right now, but I would definitely like to get better. I think I'm pretty conservative with my rating and I, one of my goals this year is to play um, more competitive players. Good. Well, hopefully we'll see you out in the, the California area once the borders open up. Yes, exactly. All right, and we've got Matt Nielsen from Tampa, Florida. How you doing, Matty? What's going on? Awesome. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, kind of just a quick thing. I teach kindergarten. It is 85 degrees outside right now, but I am doing my part to not go out and actually you know, stay inside and do some online teaching here for the kids. been playing pickleball for a few years now. Uh, lucky enough to have been able to play 5-0 for the last few years and yeah I just love the sport so love being a part of Selkirk and excited to be here good man good man and we're happy to have you when you when you medal when you don't yeah that's dead weight really <laughs> <laughs> no no good stuff are you ready for the battle of the sexes let's do it we're ready okay Jamie this is to you your first question what is the name of the new Avengers movie it is either A, Age of Ultron, B, Endgame, or C, Infinity Wars. Um, is it Endgame? It is. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, over to Maddie. Did that uh, correct answer intimidate you at all? Yeah, I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> you should be. You should be. All right. So, your question. What is pilling? Facial mask made from vitamin E pills when small balls of fiber form on your clothes or a bowel cleanser. It's the second option, the small balls of clothes. That's exactly right. Well played, young man. <laughs> well played. <laughs> All right, back over to Jamie. We're tied at one apiece. Where would you find a fifth wheel? In the trunk, on the back of a truck, or under the hood? When I think of fifth wheel, I think of like a trailer. So I'm thinking at the back of the car. Hey, congratulations. You're absolutely right. Cooking with gas. Well done. Well done. Uh, Maddie, your next question. What celebrity made headlines for leaving fashion police? Melissa Rivers, Kathy Griffin, or Kelly Osborne? Wow. I have no clue here. Uh, well, at least you're honest. Since the uh, last one was... B, I'm going to go with C. Was it Osborne? Kelly Osborne, that is correct. Matt, you, Let's you, go. you got a little lucky there, let's be honest. I did. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Better to be lucky than good, right? 
Right. <laughs> All right, Jamie, your next question. What Olympic event did Bruce Jenner win in the 1970s? Uh, I know it was running, but... Uh... Well, well, I was going to wait. I hadn't, oh. I hadn't done oh. the multiple choice <laughs> okay, yet. This, this, gets, this gets easy. Is it A, downhill skiing, weightlifting, or decathlon? Decathlon. Decathlon. <laughs> Good girl. I'm impressed that you were going to try and get it anyway. I'm just so excited. I, I just had to, had to answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exciting time to be alive. Mm -hmm. All right, Matt, your next question. What size is a tall latte at Starbucks? Is it the second smallest, the medium, or large? I know it's a, I know it's a smaller one, so I, I didn't know there was anything smaller than it, actually, but I'm going to go with the second smallest. Good man, good man. Okay, that's true. Yeah, I think the smallest is called a short. It's uh, oh, learn something yeah. new. Yeah, we're all learning. This is great. <laughs> all right, we're back over to Jamie. I think you're ready. I'm ready. Good. When is electric shave applied? Before shaving, after shaving, if you nick your skin. Could you repeat the question, please? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, so it's a product. It is called it is called electric shave. When is electric shave applied? Before shaving, after shaving, or if you nick your skin? I'm just going to have to guess after. Oh no, the your run no. of incredible answership has come to an <laughs> oh, end. No. Bad luck. It is unfortunately before shaving. <sighs> okay. I know, I know. What can you do? Tough questions, tough questions. All right, over to Matt. A woman's shirt that extends just above the natural waistline is called a baby doll, an empire waist, or a crop top. Wow, a crop top shorter. You said it goes it extends past the waist? No, it uh, extends just above the natural waistline. Oh, done, crop top. All right. Just out of interest, Matt, when was the last time you wore a crop you know, top? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, gotta alter my Selkirk polos a little bit to make them shorter. <laughs> good, good, excellent. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk to Rob Barnes about yeah. that. We always like to, you know, bring in a if Rob is listening situation. So if Rob's listening, you know, you're gonna send Maddie one of these dodgy shirts. Are you ready, Jamie? I'm ready. So he's uh, he's got a four three lead at the moment. You know, just so you know. Okay, here we go. The little dents in a golf ball are called dimples, studs, or teaks. A. A. All right, that is true. They are indeed called dimples. Do you play golf? I don't play golf. Nope, just pick a ball. Okay, all right, so you're focused. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt, over to you. It was recently a trend for teens to put some suction on their lips and then take a selfie to look like Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, or Angelina Jolie. Man, I'm going to guess Kylie Jenner. Oh, you've done it again. Let's Jeez. go. Wow, that is impressive. That is impressive. I wouldn't have even known that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask. Jamie, did you know that? No. All right, all right. <laughs> All right, over to you, Jamie. Okay. 
What is the all-cotton striped suit many men wear in summer? Is it double-breasted, seersucker, or leisure suit? Leisure suit. Maybe sea leisure suit. Unfortunately, oh, that no. is just slightly <laughs> incorrect. It is in fact the seersucker. Oh, okay. I know. I know. Don't worry. The game is certainly not over. <laughs> Matt. Matt is due for a mistake. I mean, he's. He's been getting lucky here so far, let's be honest. Yeah. Matthew. The reigning Miss America is not allowed to A, be alone, B, drive, or C, buy her own clothes. Wow. Let's go with C. That is incorrect, unfortunately. I mean, you jinxed me. could you could you imagine if you told any woman on the planet you are no longer allowed to buy clothes? <laughs> we'd have Man. a mutiny, I think. Which one is it? She can't she drive. Can't drive. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Huh. It's interesting. Right. Isn't it? Good to know. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? All right, Jamie. We're getting closer. You're you're drawing him back. <laughs> what color is the number four ball in pool? Orange, blue, or purple? Purple? It is. Oh, that's hey. just a guess. I'm so happy I got it. <laughs> you know, you don't have to tell people it was a guess. You just, maybe you just naturally got it. <laughs> it just came to me. I just knew it. <laughs> Matthew. What can you spray in your hair to naturally lighten it? Lemon juice, beer, or baking soda? Uh, lemon juice. Lemon juice. Have you, have you juiced recently, Matthew? I just, I, you know, I've had experience with people wanting hair as naturally blonde as mine, so okay. I, I have to tell them what to do. All right, all right. Hey, look, you're, you're really, you know, just a kind and generous soul, aren't you? Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Over to Jamie. In golf, a hole-in-one is called a birdie, eagle, or ace. A birdie? That is unfortunately incorrect. <sighs> I am. Uh... It's probably an ace, right? It probably is, yes. Oh, okay. That's what happens when I don't play golf. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Not to worry. Not to worry. That was uh, deceptively difficult. Matt, are you ready for your next question? Yep. Good man. What kind of facial piercing resembles a birthmark? The Rihanna, the Monroe, or the Rook? (laughs) Wow. Oh, man. Whatever the third one was, <laughs> the rook. The rook. Uh-huh. It is not, unfortunately. Uh, it is not. Jamie, do you know this one? I would say the Monroe. It, that is correct. That is correct. Oh, oh man. Do I get a point for stealing the, uh, the question? Sure. Why not? No. No, you don't. <laughs> All right. Jamie, how old are the thoroughbreds in the Kentucky Derby? Two, three, or seven? Two. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. <sighs> M- Matt, do you know that? Yeah, there's three. Ah, oh, there you go. Guys, boys will be boys. I oh. knew they were young. I didn't know they were three, though. They are three. <laughs> Not to worry. Okay, over to Matt. The name of the Duke and Duchess of Windsor's first baby is Richard, George, or Charles. Wow. Uh, we're due for a Charles. Let's see. See? That is incorrect. Unfortunately, oh, it is George. 
Georgie wow. boy. Yeah. That means, Jamie, you're still in with a chance here. Crossing my fingers. Which character is not in the recent Avengers movie? Hulk, Aquawoman, or Thor? I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Um, I'll say Hulk. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. Oh. It is Aquawoman. Uh, I, I do not believe Aquawoman actually exists, but... I don't know. Yeah, that there's, is. there's an Aquaman, and if you've ever thought about watching the movie Aquaman, uh, don't. Don't go anywhere near it. It, <laughs> it is terrible. Just, just, just terrible. Uh, shockingly bad, really. I don't know how they managed it. Anyway, got a little off topic there. I'm just still emotional about the time wasted watching <laughs> the first uh, quarter of Aquaman. Okay, on to Matt. This is for the win. What hairstyle is short with hair around the jaw level? Is it the pixie, bob, or page? Oh, man. I was going to say the bob, but the pixie kind of threw me off there. All right. So it's, it's around the chin? Yes. Well, around the jaw level. I have no clue what pixie looks like, so I'm going to go with the bob. That is correct. Well done. Oh, let's go. That is huge for the male race. Our organization is just looking a little bit better because of you, Matt. Um, Cheers, mate. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> Jamie, I, 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 I do feel bad. So you had some, you had some tough questions there. That's okay. Did you, did you have fun anyway? I had a great time. Thank you. Excellent. So at the end of the day, it was Matt with seven points, Jamie with five. Who knows? Maybe we'll do it again. Maybe there'll be uh, a round two in there. In the future yes. somewhere. I demand a rematch. <laughs> demand? There we go. I love it. I thought the highlight was listening to Morgan say aqua <laughs> in his accent. I didn't, I didn't even know what he Sorry, was saying. How That's... do you say aqua? Aqua? Aqua. <laughs> that was good. I'm glad I didn't have that question. Uh, good stuff, guys. Well, this has just been way too much fun. I promise we will uh, we'll do it again sometime. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. You too. Stay safe out there. Enjoy pickleball in whatever fashion you can do it these days. Ooh, make sure you share and like all that stuff that everybody likes to do online. Will do. Thank you again. Bye, Matt. Bye. Cheers. Good times, good times. Okay. Let's head back over to D. See what's happening. As a as a a coach, a mentor, tournament director, everybody goes into the day hoping for gold, right? But after the first two rounds of any bracket, half of them are going home. Yeah. Back in the day when I first started tournaments, most of our tournaments were round robin play, which meant when you showed up that day. You didn't know who was going to get gold. Everybody was fighting for it, but you got lots and lots of play all day long. And sometimes I wonder if we need to return mm. back to having less people at a tournament, more fulfilling play at a tournament, and everybody walks away feeling satisfied that they got enough play. Maybe they didn't play their best every round or every game but they were able to come out of a funk 
and have a success. But win or lose, you've got, you've got your place satisfied. Um, so it'll be interesting. I would love to see a few varieties of format changes, one of them including pool play before a double elimination or single elimination if necessary. But I think that kind of thing is going to be a, a great way to have, you know, perhaps the the teams that might be seeded, you know, 15 through 30 or 40 to get more and more play against peers under pressure at a higher level at a tournament versus, well, we weren't seeded very well. We lost our first game and had a tough two matches in the back draw. And suddenly, you know, you've had a total playtime of around an hour and a half, maybe if you're lucky, and you flew 3,000 miles to get there. And then there's no available rec courts to go finish yeah. that, that need of fulfillment. You know, back in the day, you could stay at a tournament if they had eight courts and by one or two o'clock in the afternoon is when courts started to become available for rec play. So, and we're talking a tournament with maybe 200 people in it. Maybe the cost of entry was around $40. It was crazy because you could hang with your friends, get some great rec play, then go out to eat and start it again the next day. Now you're getting tournaments now on 16 courts of 800 people. The court time usage is 12 hours. I'm not going to go play at 8 o'clock at night. i got to get ready for the next day. Yeah. Do you think tournaments are getting greedy? You know, I think the cost factor with tournaments. Back when I started tournaments, our court time that you paid for renting a court wasn't, wasn't high. They almost gave it to you. Now they have to pay some for the facility. You're, you're spending money on unique awards when in the end, they probably just go in a drawer. So if you want to cut out the cost of metals, that's one way. We've developed, we're on the second goal try of a pro circuit. So there's money that needs to come from somewhere. I can remember back in the day, we offered the LeMaster Davison Classic. Gigi and I put that together as a, a give back tournament. So the tournament fees, I looked back, tournament fees were between 40 and $50, depending on one event or two events. We were the first tournament to pay the event desk staff, the first tournament to pay referee event desk staff and the referees. And we paid first aid and paid back to the players at every skill level. Wow. I remember that tournament. It was one of my, uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. That was a good one. I was always so sad when it, when it finished, but uh, that's for another time, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it sounds like a progressive tournament. It was. It sounds like it was ahead of its time. It was. And, you know, we limited it to 200 people. Ooh. And we actually said no more than 200 people. So that we could provide great play, a great um, environment. We had lunches catered by uh, Streets in New York. We partnered with them. For every dollar we spent, they donated a dollar to the lunch. And so we had awesome lunches catered in. 
Yeah, you know, there's a lot that can be done with a tournament instead of just fundraising. We'll see how that changes. Well, maybe this pandemic is the uh, the reset button um, that that sends pickleball tournaments back a couple of years to a time where after you've finished, you could always find a court. There you go. That would be great. And everybody knows your name. Can I be Norm at the end of the bar waiting for everybody to <laughs> arrive? <laughs> you can. And everyone will yell, D! Yeah! <laughs> or Morgan! Yeah, let's go with D. Morgan's two two syllables. You can't have a two-syllable name for that kind of thing. Oh, I think your name can be whatever you want it to be. Oh, good. Because actually, my first name is Robert. And I could go with Rob, I suppose. But I don't really feel like a Rob. You don't look like a Rob. You're a unique uh, Morgan. You know, my original <laughs> name is Deanne. Oh. And... Growing up, love my teachers, so I want to give a shout out to all of them. But for some reason, many of them struggled and said Diane, Diane. I mean, it was just all over the map. My nickname actually developed from a job that I took in college at a university bookstore. And I wanted the job really bad so I could work on campus and I could get 40 hours a week and come and go as I wanted. And I knew the manager and he goes, I'll hire you under one condition. And I'm like, all right. He's like, I already have a Deanna working here, and I can't go on the PA system and say Deanna or Deanne. So you're going to have to be called D. I'm like, okay, done, good. <laughs> and it just stuck because it was easier to remember. <laughs> That's a good story. So, now we know yeah. the truth has come out. Yeah. Very good. Well, D, Deanne. Mrs. Davison, Miss Davison, however <laughs> you like to be called, it's been a uh, it's been an honor and a privilege. I've enjoyed our time together. Morgan, it's been fun. It's been great. We should do it again sometime. What do you think? I agree. I agree. I think your listeners should come up with some subjects for us to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, we could, we could, I think we could probably solve most of the world's problems uh, once we get over this first one. That's right. (laughs) Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Take care of the entire pickleball community and... Well, at least Arizona, but maybe even the West Coast. There you go. I look forward to talking to all my peeps. (laughs) Tell them I said hi. I will do that, Morgan. All right. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. Cheers. Please be aware, this interview was recorded in late March. Conversations concerning social distancing are not reflective of current norms. podcast is powered by Selkirk. So what's new, Matt? Are you uh, surviving in style? So, yeah, I, uh, I teach kindergarten, so we are doing online learning. Wow. Um, and that is very interesting to have six-year-olds on the computer following directions at home. So we did a Zoom meeting, actually, with 30 of them this morning, which was crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I kind of want to see that, uh, that meeting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we muted them all so that we could talk. And then we 
had their videos and they were, I mean, waving to their friends, dabbing in the background. I don't, I don't even know what was happening. Online chaos. I love it.